Uh, Josh. <laughs> Hassan, we are here with another episode of 115 Miles. Did you... Uh, no, I'm not going to ask you if you enjoyed that conversation because we just said we did. What would what was kind of uh, compelling for you in that conversation? Look, to go into the cost of living crisis in the way that we did, I think we explored it with compassion, with a little bit of anger, right, and enough kind of assertiveness and a bit of ranting. Um, but I, I think in, in typical 115 Miles, we had a proper deep conversation about it that, you know, uh, gave actionable points as well. Uh, and, you know, importantly, but not most importantly, we, we both discovered that we would both like Indian food on a desert island. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, where should p uh, people come and find us? They should find us uh, at 115 miles pod on Instagram. Uh, leave us a review if that's what you do and all that sort of stuff. And we'll see you very soon. <laughs> This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Growing up 115 miles apart, our lives couldn't have been more different, but we find ourselves today with many similarities and outlooks upon life. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. Josh, <laughs> uh, come on! I thought you were going to down your ginger shot. No, mate. I'm I'm waiting for the right opportunity. We're gonna we're gonna today's podcast. We're gonna be doing shots throughout it. Ginger shots. <laughs> Moju. Are you a fan? Moju? Are you a fan of ginger? I do like a ginger shot, mate. Yeah. Yeah, does something to you. Yeah, it's. I think it's like. Wow, I'm just that way inclined, then I anything that's a bit like. <sighs> <laughs> Say that again. You can't really see that or hear it. So <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. Anything that feels like it's a bit of a hit of something. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah? Yeah. So I do, yeah, I would do one every morning. I like the hot shots more so than the ginger ones, actually. What's the hot shots? Well, they're... Chilly? They're, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like them straight in the eye on a Saturday morning. It's <laughs> <laughs> hard to wake yourself up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but I but do you ever get them ginger shots? I do. I, I, yeah, I do. Yeah, every so often, like a little. <sighs> I did an event. Uh, uh, I did. I was doing some work recently, and um, it was a breathwork session for a company, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna have breakfast smoothies brought round before it," and I was like, "No, you can't. You can't have a big breakfast smoothie and then lay down and do some breathwork." <laughs> so they swapped it for ginger shots, oh. but they were homemade. Oh, was it oh, better? Just, mate, they were so good. There's something about ginger that just makes you feel like you're doing good for yourself. <laughs> is, yeah. It feels very good for your body, doesn't it? It's quite a staple of uh, Asian cooking. What ginger? Yeah, ginger and garlic. Does it? Does it? You do you use it a lot? You, you lot. No, do you use it a lot? I said, do you use it a lot? Yeah, I yeah, said. yeah, I do, I do, yeah. Because I know you like cooking. <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. On that, mm. things that are good for you. Do you know what I bought? So I was in, I, I, I have a lot of mints, yeah? Do you know that? I, I, mints? Mint. Mint, mint, oh, mint, mint. Like as in I like polos mint. or... Uh, Not fresh mint. No. Sweet mint. I don't mind the fresh mint in a drink on holiday. But mints, I buy mints in the shops. Yeah. Yeah. I have some smints in my pocket. Smint. Yeah. Right. So I like the cool, fresh, extra fresh ones. What yeah. the ones that keep, that last for two hours? Yeah. Oh, they don't last for two hours, do they? No. I have about three every time, each time Top I have three, one. Top three 
In a go. Yeah, mental, mate. Yeah. Because uh, I think I drink a lot. I'm pa always paranoid about my breath. Mm. Couple of reasons. I drink a lot of coffee. And you have sneaky breath. <laughs> <laughs> and I got fucking halitosis or whatever it's called. Yeah. Do you know halitosis? Is, is that the name? Yeah. Halitosis. Do you know how that word came about? I don't. So... Oh, hang on. This is this is my week, and you're bringing facts. Yeah. All right. Bosh. Uh, <laughs> Listerine. Yeah. Yeah, you know Listerine that you put in your mouth? Was originally used to clean the floors, kitchen floors. And then it wasn't really selling that well, and they realized they could use it in the mouth, and it, and it was and it was like safe. And so they invented... A word. Halitosis. For, for because bad breath wasn't enough, do you get bad breath? And like, because then it was like a bit stigmatized. So to reduce the stigma, they invented halitosis. This isn't your fault. People get this. And that was how they, they, they hopped uh, Listerine off the back of it. Oh my God. Yeah. Bosh. Fact. Halitosis. Anyway, back to the mints. I was in the garage on the way in from Hull on Monday. Yeah. And they didn't have- Which garage was it? It was, uh, uh, I don't know, BP, maybe. Extortion. I meant the name of, like, why do they have names like Cobham Service? Oh. Peas Potash. We'll have to do a podcast episode on the best service station. Yeah. Cobham is one of them. It's pretty good, Cobham. Very good, mate. Yeah. Curry house in there as you walk in. Yeah. Oh, I've never noticed. Yes. There are. Anyway, they didn't have Smints, right? And I'm not Shop. down with Mentos. No. You know, like soft They're chewies. No, They're yeah, chewies. Not, no. it's, not, it's not happening. So, do you know what I got? Fisherman's friend. Yes, I did. <laughs> I got, so they had, did you? How did you know that? Just, I, we know each other so I well, got mate. Fisherman's friends, but they had, listen to it, Fisherman's friends, lemon version. Do you know what I think of when you say fisherman and lemon? What? Scampi. <laughs> Do you remember scampies? Crisps. Oh, the crisps. The lemony yeah. sort of fishy ones. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's how you could describe what they smell like. Yeah, it's the best way. There's no other way of describing them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that anyway, note, on that anyway, note. Anyway, no, just yeah, quickly. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Just quickly. So the fisherman's friends, friend, yeah. they're not, like, I remember having them when, when I was a kid and it being like, you know, how long can you keep it in your mouth? Not as strong as I thought they were. No. What about tree bore? For triple X, was it? Tree bore mints? Remember yeah, them? but they're a bit too, uh, so yeah, I got on them for a little bit because I was sugar-free polos for a long time. Yeah. Right. And then uh, once you go to what's the ones we like now? Triple XL Smints. Yeah. You can't go back to polos because polos feel weak. Mm. Yeah. So. By the way, I know what you're doing. It's my week. <laughs> and you're, you're turning it into a really boring start by People talking are here about for mints. me, mate. People are here for me. I'm trying to keep it fresh. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Josh. You uh, are in a plane. No, you're not on a plane yet. You're about to get on a plane and All you're right. going to be marooned on a desert island for an indefinite period of time. Likely years, maybe forever. Okay. Sounds good. That's I'm, a dream to me. Yeah. I want to know some information. Okay. So, let's call it desert island things. Desert island things. Yeah, I've ripped off desert island this if, yeah. in case you didn't know. Yeah. If you could only have one album, music album to take with you on your indefinite period, possibly forever on this desert island, what album would you take? Uh, now that's what I call music 52. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, uh, oh, mate, this is very, very, I'll tell you what I would take. 
Punkarama 4. Why? What's, what's because Punkarama 4? Punkarama 4 was like a punk album. Uh, Punkarama, Punkarama was a series of punk albums that would have all of the different bands on there. Yeah. And what sort of punk was it? Was it sort of new? American nineties yeah, punk? Okay, so yeah, like No new. Effects, right. uh, Blink One Eight Two were the like poppiest version of it. So that or or Heartless Crew, Chris Biscuit. Ah, oh, that's Heartless Crew. Now you're going back in, yeah. in time, mate. Oh, yes, that's good. mate. So that it would be one or the other. Well, which one? I'm giving you one. You'd get a bit bored of Heartless Crew, wouldn't you? Not well, over time. Uh, yeah, but. You could you could use the beats on there to make up your own bars. For those that don't know, bars is lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> and what was there a lot of it instrumental on there? Yeah, I think there is some oh, on there. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Travis Barker was drumming uh, at the we uh, concert on Saturday. Was he? Yeah, he was very good. He's such a good drummer. He's Blink so good, too. mate. Yeah, he's, he's so really good. When when I was growing up when I was like in my really heavily into that scene, it was him and then, um, I can't remember his name, but the drummer of Slipknot. Have you ever seen him? I met Slipknot once. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I did. Where yeah. did you know you yeah. didn't? So it was when I used to work at, uh, at the retail. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to do the signings and um, it's the funniest thing, right? Because uh, Slipknot, obviously they wear the masks and there's this kind of, and in those days it was really big and they were American and I wasn't into that scene. So they just looked a bit nutty to me. Yeah. And um, but and they looked like quite fearsome, didn't they? Like, yeah. like terrorizing. And so they were coming and it, the, the whole store was crazy for it. The crowds were crazy for it. And it's the funniest thing because they had their masks on. So they came all in like in disguise, but they had these like really straight American yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, voices yeah, yeah. behind the scenes. So it was just, yeah, but then, and they seemed like really nice guys. And then we left them on our third floor, which was our office admin floor. And they completely trashed the place, man. Did like, they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he used to, the drummer used to do, he used to play the drums, like crazy set of drums. And then he would go up above the crowd and go upside down. They would turn him upside down and he'd still be playing it. Wow. But Corey Taylor, the lead singer of Slipknot, he brought out his own album. There was a song on there called Bother. You don't need to bother. Very Wish you hadn't bothered. <laughs> uh, do you want to know what my track. album would be? I do, yeah. Uh, can I guess? Go on. Jurassic 5. No. Uh, NWA. No. All right. Go on then. So you went with two hip-hop choices. Why? Because I've got my ha cap on today, is it? No, but you're like a 90s hip-hop I like fan, 90s hip-hop. You know, you, you're, you're always coming Never out. Never mind. What, Nirvana? Yeah. Oh, that's just because you've just been to that gig the weekend. No, 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 no. What, are you big grunger? I was. But but just that album's got a bit of everything, mate. It's got yeah. a bit of everything. Yeah. It's got a bit. Of, it's got some party tunes. It's got some mellow tunes. It's got some ragey tunes. It's yeah. It's got everything. I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. I wouldn't argue with that. And that's the one with the baby on the front. Yeah. And he tried to sue Nirvana, you know? Yeah. Did yeah. we talk about that on the podcast? We haven't, it? no. And but, I don't yeah. want to go there now. But he did try and sue He them. recreated it when he was older. <laughs> What he did, he did done he? like a he done like a reunion thing where he did it when he was like twenty odd. I did, and then see five that. ten years later, he he, he yeah, he was trying he to trade, trying to trade off of it. Yeah, but their 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 live MTV live and unplugged. unplugged. It's it's, oh my so days, good. man! And when you watch it and you know because he died not long after that, didn't he? It wasn't long after that live set that he died. Really, was it soon? Yeah, after? mate. Oh, okay. I used to have Kurt Cobain's diaries. 
So there was a book that came out when I was about 13, Kurt Cobain's Diaries. I've never, and it all makes sense now, innit? But I've never, ever related to somebody. So I used to read his diaries in bed as a kid, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, just... And you didn't know what was about to go down. Yeah, man. Mm. Wow. That might that might come back up later. Mm. So what, what film would you take on this... Desert Island. And, and maybe you don't take a film. No, I will take a film. film? Is there a DVD player there? Then? There's a DVD player there. Or a stream, <laughs> streaming. Funny that I'm going to take a DVD yeah. rather than a tablet. Uh, let's not get into the detail. Okay, one. yeah. No, I'm joking. I play this game with my kids a lot, by the okay, way. Good. Gladiator. <laughs> what? What, what, why would you take Gladiator? Father to a murdered son. Husband to a murdered wife. Yeah. On my command, unleash hell. But I will have my vengeance. Okay, sorry in this life or the I'll next. give you a moment. It's the best film ever, bar none. Second, number two, Scarface. Number three, Green Mile. Hmm. Well, I've got a prison one for my movie. It's not Green Mile though. What do you think it is? Prison one, scum. <laughs> I'm the daddy now. I'll <laughs> no. be right up your street, yeah. yeah. No, no. Shawshank, Shawshank. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I watched that Andy for the first Dufresne. time about three years ago with Leah. And did you cry? Yeah. Yeah. No, great film. Great film. It's yeah. up there for me. And I'm not a big film. Well, just, but do you know why I would, because it doesn't matter if you're marooned in an island, there's always hope. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have a cheesy <laughs> reason for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Food. One food that you could take, what would it be? Probably be a lambuna with garlic rice and mint sauce. Wow. Do you know what I put? Lambuna. No. What? Biryani. But, what? I, but I just thought it was brilliant. There was <laughs> something two, completely different. Indian. No, yeah. my mum's biryani is, is, is otherworldly. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be that, man. Like, that's, if I, yeah, yeah. If I had one meal left to go. Although, although, I love sushi, man. Well, you'll be on a marooned island, so you'd... Be surrounded by fish. Yeah, exactly. I could so make take my the lambuna, mate. Yeah, so yeah, take, take the, the lambuna. lambuna. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I love lambuna, man. It's, it's such a good you, with garlic rice. I don't do garlic rice. Oh, mate. You, the the only problem is is everything smells like garlic for a good two days afterwards. How about ginger? No, <laughs> ginger in there as well. <laughs> we should know. Um, book, a book. Come on, you're you're the most well-read man. Uh, in this room, <laughs> I would probably well look. It'd have to be a big book, in it, like the Bible. the Bible or something like that, a spiritual text. But because 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 if it's a spiritual text, yeah, then it takes on a different meaning every time you read it, isn't it? Oh, you're such a wanker. Well, yeah, but what do you want me to do? Go with like the best book? What would yours be then? Fucking Viz. Guinness Book Book of Records or something. <laughs> yeah, Viz. imagine, imagine how many facts you would know coming out of that experience. <laughs> yeah, well, if you ever I'm came surprised. back, the yeah. next podcast episode would yeah, be banging. I'd kill yeah. you with the yeah, <laughs> bosh. Um, <laughs> you know, funny. Is that dead now? Guinness Book of World Records. No, every think, Christmas that used to be. Yeah. You used to get it every Christmas, Guinness wasn't it? Book. You'd have the tallest man in there. Yeah. Next to the shortest man. You know how um, Listerine invented halitosis. Yeah. Guinness invented records. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine, do you know what mine would be? And this is not connected to an episode we had uh, 
a few weeks ago. But mine would be the Rum Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> I like rum. But what, what's the Rum Diaries? It's by Hunt, Hunter S. Thompson. Do you know who Hunter S. Thompson was? No. Did you ever see the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Yeah. It was about uh, this guy called Hunter S. Oh, Thompson. Oh, is it? And he was like uh, an incredible journalist, worked for Rolling Stone, and used to get like he used to get completely off his face. But he was actually an incredible writer as well. He used to cover like political campaigns. So he covered the Nixon McGovern campaign in '72, which I read. I read all his books of letters. It's just incredible writer, and he just had this incredible life. Uh, but the Rum Diaries is just a, it's one. It's my favourite novel. I could read it you now over and over again. I might have to read that. You've sold that to it's me. It's brilliant. It's, and uh, Yeah. And uh, I think there's elements of biography in that as well. Um, and then finally. I'm loving this section, Yeah, mate. it's good, right? Let's yeah. just keep doing this. Well, this will be the last one. Uh, if you could take any piece of kit. And so when I say kit, it could be anything. What would you take? Laptop. I ain't going to be able to plug it in there's, anywhere, am I? Well... You can watch a DVD without electricity, but you can't have a laptop. <laughs> well, it'd have to be my laptop, innit? it? Yeah. Or, or, and. Yeah, okay, let me, I should caveat this. It's kind of got to have like some, some use for you on the island. What, what, a laptop's not going to have you? All right, but the laptop's kind of like, it's cheating in a way that I would say, okay, if you had three okay. wishes yeah. in a lamp, you'd right. go, let me have infinity wishes. Yeah, all right. Uh, dry, so, dry conditioner. Dry shampoo. <laughs> but you'll be by yourself. Yeah, but if you, my hair, when it's down and not washed, mate, and not conditioned, because I'll be in You're and out so the sea. Vain. You're I'll so be in and out vain. the sea with a spear, catching fish. Looking like Aquaman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Jason Momo. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think the natural oils would just find a <laughs> river, wouldn't they? A sun cream. <laughs> I feel like my laptop would be something, a football. Have you seen uh, Castaway? Yeah, man. Wilson. Yeah. That's a good film, isn't it? A very good film, mate. Yeah, very good film. What would you take? Swiss Army Knife. Oh, fuck off. That's such a... Sh that's like a... A laptop. Infinity Wishes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A Swiss Army Knife. What would I take? A spork. A what? Spork. What's that? A fork and a spoon in one? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, and a knife. <laughs> it's a knife. Spoon and a fork, a spork. It's brilliant for camping. You just need what, one utensil. What do um what does matey call the forks in Little Mermaid? I haven't seen Little Mermaid in a long oh, time. Oh yeah, your kids are a bit older yeah. than mine, aren't well, they? So let us know. Well I can't remember what it's called, but he don't call it a fork, does he? Well, she finds a fork and she don't know what can, humans can are. Can you do us a favour? Next time we come back, as it's your turn. That'll can, be one of the facts. Can you, can you tell us the facts? Fact. All right. Yeah. Brilliant. I enjoyed that. That was, I very much enjoyed that. I think, yeah, that's going to be the best part of the podcast. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, where you there? Actually, it's pretty dark from here. So uh, just to warn you. So energy bills in October are going to rise to £3,549. Yeah. That's a lot of dough. According to like analysis from market research, in January to March 23, it's going to rise by 52% to £5,387. Yeah. And then from April to June 23, it's going to rise a further 23% to 6616 And it's gone up already, right? So people are probably paying on average, I don't know, maybe 900 to 1200 max. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. you know, that's the heavy consumers at the top end. Yeah, yeah. Even people with some disposable income, that 
to go from one grand to six grand, that's going to hurt you. For people who've got nothing, this this is this is sending them beyond destitution. It's like it is going to create a serious, serious societal problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like we'll just see what happens. This is this this isn't like oh maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't happen. This is definitely going to happen. So our new Prime Minister Liz Truss, welcome to the game. We import fifty percent of our cheese. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that. <laughs> um, she said it's. When she was questioned on the BBC, I think, on Sunday, she was asked, uh, you know, whether it's fair to give high earners more money back through tax cuts. And she said it is fair. So this is the kind, I mean, I know we shouldn't be surprised, but this is the kind of person that is now coming in at possibly the worst time in our generation for our whole country. Um, we're not clear on what her, on her, uh, plan for cost of living is but even if they give people 400 500 pounds even if they give them a thousand pounds that's not going to touch the sides mm. um so yeah i'll just sort of leave it there and sort of say like what's your sort of reflection on some of those numbers and you know um i know that you're not you you've delisted yourself from a lot of media yeah but I'm sure you'll be hearing chatter around this stuff anyway through yeah you know, it makes Twitter me stuff like, yeah. if i think of all the things that have happened it makes me so angry. The reason it makes me most angry, I think, is because two years ago, I'd be one of the people that you're talking about. Maybe a little bit longer than that. Maybe like three or four years ago, I'd be in bits now, saying to Leo, I don't know what we're gonna do. Yeah. I don't know what we're gonna do. Yeah. You know, we'd have to get rid of everything. We'd, we'd have to, you know, and I think I, I just, they will have to do something. I don't think they can let it happen. There'll be riots. And so there fucking should be, by the way. And like, I thought about this when I was coming There will here. be riots. I mean, there, there, there will be. Because if you think about, um, you know, the poll tax came at the end of, yeah. you know, years and years of cuts in austerity and privatisation, no pay increases. You had recessions. You had, um, I think w w there was a, the economic recession of the late 80s. That all led to poll tax. The stuff that happened in Tottenham, what was, uh, you know, um, as a result of kind of uh, the shooting of Mark Duggan, but yeah. it was indicative of what was building over time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we are on the back of 10 years of, of um, deep cuts on policing budgets, on social services. It is going to happen. It is going to happen. And what you're getting is this really, really strong rhetoric around, well, you have to, you have to, you know, like it, there's no solution. There's no support. And I think it's unfathomable that uh, energy companies are making record profits. So this is one of the things, yeah. And I've said this, you know, I've been, I said this online. It's not a cost of living crisis. Let's have it out, right? It's not. It's a, it's a cost of greed and power crisis. That's what it is. Yes, yeah. they're making record profits. Yeah. From what I read, and I've not dug into it enough to know if I can back this up, but apparently France's bills will only go up four percent. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, is that true? Well, I don't know about the number, but I know that they are they're capping, they're it, capping, capping it. it quite yeah. low, aren't yeah. they? Germany have yeah. done a lot to, to combat it. I mean, Ofgen <laughs> is supposed to be regulating the industry and all they're doing is, they're, they're basically a PR company. Yeah, we've got to the point where, and we've talked loads about this in previous episodes, but <clears throat> the people at the top have, have just become completely hooked on power. And it's all, they're not, 
they're not they're not there to look after us and yep. to do our best interests and they're getting away with it and we got to wait two years with this Liz Truss what I do think if I'm being really honest is that they have a plan and it will be way more than the 400 pound yep they, they're not they're not stupid you know I, yep. I said it about Boris Johnson he wasn't a bumbling idiot yeah he was very happy that a lot of people thought he was a bumbling idiot yep. he bumbled a lot because he was talking shit and so he wanted to come across like he was just sort of bum like he's too clever for that um, they'll know that they can't just sweep this under the carpet. Because you're gonna have like, when I was on my ass and all I had was my job and the fact that I was paying the bills, if you'd have took that away from me, which is what they're doing, they're taking a lot of people's identities away from them. And the only thing they've got left, which is the ability to get by. Yeah. And you're doing it to working people. Yeah. People are dangerous when they've got nothing to live for. Yeah. So the government know this, and I think they're all in it together, right? They're all in it together. I know they go against each other, but they're all looking after each other. I think whoever was voted in as prime minister was told, you've got this in your back burner, and this can be the first card that you can play, and it's going to make you look like a hero. There will be. There will be some of that, of course. Of course. Yeah. There will. And it will be hollow and it will be superficial, but it might just get a bump. No, but I'm not sure it will be hollow or superficial. I think it will be quite a big lump. Maybe. Let's see. I, and, and, I, and, and if that helps people, great. But what I do find is there's, um, there, are, uh, there are people that are um, at, the, at the lowest end of the kind of the poverty rung, yeah, who... Um, who will get that help? There are there are below a certain economic threshold as they stand, and they're going to get that help. There's the high earners who it doesn't really matter, like the high high earners who like it doesn't matter what's going to happen in the next two three years because they're they're shielded from it because of kind of um, what they have around them. And then there's sort of this massive group in the middle yeah. that's not going to get. So I, I so I think it will help some people. They get some sound bites. There'll be some, but. But the majority of people will um, will not get the help, and so you are going to find people who have been living on the edge um, that are going to move into uh, poverty. They're going to lose homes. They're not. They're going to fall into incredible levels of debt that they they might get relief on right now and say they might get payment holidays and things like that. But the debt is still going to be the debt, and that they're going to be saddled with that. So that's mm. coming. So, so th there'll be something. There'll be some PRy stuff, but I don't think there's any genuine long-term strategy. And I will tell you the other thing, is um, I read that the UK is about to hit a hundred percent debt to GDP. Wow. So, and we and we went deep into that during COVID, but we are now <clears throat> getting to a point where. We we won't you know uh, so therefore our our credit rating as a country goes down. Um, therefore, you know the money isn't going to come in. It's not going to flow in as much. So there's going to be deeper cuts, and there's going to be more stuff going on. So I don't mean to kind of uh, labour uh, like like come here and just kind of present gloom, but it's a reality. Of, yeah, and it needs talking about, man. Yeah, like it's right to talk about, it, especially that's what we do on this platform. But what 
you touched upon just a moment ago, something we touched upon a little while ago, because we were like, we were getting really frustrated at like the fact that Keir Starmer and Labour are nowhere to be seen yet again, time and time again. This is the moment they should be shining and coming together. The Tory party is in complete disarray. And where's the Labour, where's the Labour party? Where's mm. the Labour leadership? Where's the Labour voice? Like, there's nothing. Now, they've obviously talked about freezing, you know, caps and stuff. He's like that. He's on about capping yeah. it at two yeah. grand, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. But there needs to be more. There needs to be more. Um, but that is like, that's just the lesser of evils, as we've discussed, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you and I both talked about the way that, that change comes is through community coming together and galvanizing each other. And I just wanted to kind of talk about kind of two movements that seem to be happening that's, mm -hmm. that give me, I'm, I'm going to bring forward my reasons to be cheerful, actually. I'm going to talk about it now, which is, communities are coming together and they're saying, that's it, we've got to do this. We have to uh, mm. come together. And this probably uh, transcends or supersedes like social class. It supersedes um, race divides to a certain degree. Um, but the two movements are, there's one called Enough is Enough. I don't know if you've sort of heard about Not it. Not too much about that one. Uh, it's, kind of it's kind of come from uh, kind of a union driven kind of, um, uh, movement, but uh, within, I think, uh, within upon launch, it crashed the site. And I think uh, around two weeks ago, it had about 300,000 people sign up for it. So these things sometimes start slow, but as we get closer and closer to, uh, you know, to these, to, to October and then these, you know, these time point stamps when it starts to go up, I think that's going to go up even more. And this is all about um, tackling uh, the, uh, the cost of living, uh, uh, crisis, right, from a grassroots kind of perspective and a community perspective. So people are sick of it and they're coming together. And I encourage everyone that listens to us to go and check them out. And mm. if it resonates, that they should, you know, connect with it and, um, or at least uh, connect with the idea around community. And because that's what drives change, right, yeah, yeah. is going to drive change. Uh, but their kind of, you know, manifesto is around, you know, proper wage, uh, you know, the, the human right to be warm um, and, you know, these these other manifestos. So I think that really kind of um, gives me some hope. And then the other one is the Don't Pay UK, mm. um, which seems to be gathering momentum. And Russell Brand's talking a lot about it I as see, well. He's and really he's pushing it, it now, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and that's just, just don't pay, you know, what they're going to do. And I think there's a lot of fear mongering that's going on by the media around well, they'll come for you if you don't pay. Um, but so they've got to get over that. But just, you know, the, the grassroots movement, the community movement, the support, um, I think that's a real reason to kind of feel good about kind of where we're at. Not where we're at, but like what's happening as a result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you do the don't pay? It's a really hard one. I, I, I thought about it. it. If I got to a point where if, if it was like, feed my family, survive, or pay, I wouldn't pay. Well, I think a lot of people are in a position where they just ain't going to be able to pay. Exactly. Like, even if they wanted can't. to pay, they just <laughs> yeah, can't. Just they can't. just won't. That's definitely that's where That's, I think, where the struggle is, right? Because I've looked at it, and I'd love to get behind it, right? And right, But I can't get behind it if I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Right. So I have to be really honest here. And I do start to think to myself, I can keep up with my bills. Yeah. And am I going to get done over if I don't pay them. Well, that's the fear that's being played, right? Because if um, if they do prosecute, you're the main breadwinner, as am I, 
there, there is that to think about. But I guess you can still get behind the, the movement uh, uh, as a supporter, uh, as a vocal supporter. Uh, I mean, is Russell Brand not going to pay his... I should Bill? fucking hope so. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. You might be right. But I'm serious. Yeah. I don't think you can push it. I wouldn't be comfortable pushing it like that if I'm not going to, I'm going to, you know. You've got to jump you've in You've got to make risk. a stand yeah, and say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to risk what could happen for me, you know, yeah. for me to do it. Yeah. I Like I do. I would say today, I'm not, um, I'm not sure if I'm um, ready to jump in. But that might change really quickly. That might change really quickly um, because um, who knows? Because it's, it's driven by what the impact on self and our circle, right? So, yeah, yeah, so exactly. Knows? I can't say never, um, but I do, I do support anyone that feels that they want to do it. Can, and, can, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and so do I, yeah. and so do I. And, and I really, really hope, I really hope that they do do it. And, you know, we need to make a stand against this government because while they get away, while they continue to get away with what they get away with, you know, they don't care, right? That's clear. They don't care, right? They don't care what happens to these people who can't pay their bills. They don't care about that, right? So what they care about is money and power. Yep. So you have to go to that. And if yep. that means everybody stops paying, and look, if I really felt like everybody was going to do it, I'd do it. I'll say that now. I would do it. I would do it. Um, what I have seen is a lot of people that are saying, don't not pay it. But if you make a complaint to your energy company and say the prices are too high and I can no longer afford them, I, the best I can afford is £1 a month. Then you pay them £1 a month. Then actually you're not theoretically breaking the law because you've come to a reasonable and you've made them an you've offer. Done an affordable yeah. thing. But that takes a little bit more work. But if yeah. everybody did that, yeah. it would still it would still have the same impact yeah. right um and i know a couple of people that did it through covid by the way who said i can't afford to pay my electricity bill i'm going to give you 30 pound a month that's all i can get you can get and by the end of covid they had a three they were three thousand pounds into the energy company yeah in debt right three thousand in yeah. debt and um the, they, they rang him up and said what are we going to do about it and he said i can't pay it he said the best i can do is pay you a pound a month uh for for the next 10 years type thing yeah and they said, well, we'd rather get it cleared. What can you give us? He said, I, can, I can't give you anything. He said, COVID's completely You're cleared gonna have me out. You, you, like, you, right? He said, oh, you've completely, it's completely, and they wiped it. Yeah. They're they wiped have it. To. There's going to be a lot Because they, they were like, well, what else do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And so. It's false money anyway. Like, that, you know, like. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have to. But I think, I think just the sentiment of, We've been walking sheep. You you have a strong opinion about it in terms of how we how we were sheep during the COVID yeah, uh, yeah. period, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, look at it now, mate. Yeah. By the way, and you know, Rishi Sunak has come out and said I was gagged. I was told I weren't allowed to talk about the negative impacts of it. Oh, I didn't. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It didn't get much press, did it? No. Nah. He's come out and said that. There's been loads of stuff that's come out now yeah. about COVID and how you know the lockdowns could have caused more deaths than yeah. than lives they saved and and that it wasn't based on science it was based on a whim and and guesswork right which is fine but they should have said it was guesswork and cool. the and, impacts and, and, and that. Like, I get and I, yeah, 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 yeah yeah but i think the point is is that uh, we have slept walked through uh, you know pe long periods over the last decade on certain things and this feels like just a shift in energy 
from people who are saying, that's it, I've had enough. Because what we've been fed for the last 10 years, I don't know why I'm saying 12 years. 12, 12 years. that's how long well, the Tories well, I don't have been even, I know you don't. I'm talking about a period of time. In but general, yeah. I'm just talking about like the way social media works now, mm. the way that we are manipulated mm. and what we are you know, pushed towards reading and believing. And, and I think that's being broken through finally. Yeah. Um, and I see massive cracks in the current government. So I hear what you're saying about they're all together. I think there is a lot of um, uh, uh, infighting and a lack of discipline and, and politicking going. Um, I, I think that is the cracks are really massive. So I think this is the moment for this to kind of uh, to go. But we're stuck with her for two years, aren't we? Fine. But um, what happens is uh, you, you, you the, the court of public opinion puts so much pressure. Yeah. So that's what needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's good, like, to bring it back to the, you know, your point of what you've made about the community and the sort of uprising feels like a bit too strong of a term, but it does feel like people have now sort of saying, we've had enough. It's definitely got some energy of that. Definitely. What I also like is I like the, I don't want to just kind of uh, focus on that bit. I also, f I like the, the notion of this is, in many ways, it, it, not eliminates, but it reduces kind of the obvious barriers between different cultures and different people because it's poverty is a leveler, isn't it? it yeah. In a, in a way, like it. So I think it's bringing communities together. And so what I'm sensing is um, a, a sense of community from, you know, from like the 70s, right? But that's that that sense of community when people talk about it in this country, often it's around national identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I feel like it's a different sense of community um, that's kind of bigger than like when you commute when you build community around a brand or or uh, you know a purpose. It's like uh, it feels like there's something growing here, and I hope it sustains, and I hope it kind of builds and has an impact. Do you think, and I'm sort of thinking aloud out here and exploring this out aloud, um, that what the government normally does so well or has done over the years, right, is it's always been the sort of what people might call the top 1% or the ones that are in the top bit of power, right? And then it's everybody else, right? But what the power's always done quite well is made the top sort of, let's say 50% of everybody else feel like they're part of the 1%. And the problem is that other 50%, are, you know, immigrants and drug addicts and benefit scroungers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And there's always been that narrative of where they've, you know, I remember Russell Brand once saying about Nigel Farage, he farted and then pointed at everyone else saying you stink, that type of thing, yeah. <laughs> and they dip, they've always done that very, very well, where I always said that uh, when I started doing the work, helping people, uh, with with addiction like 10 years ago that the reason they started to get such an upturn in support and more compassion than they maybe once had right and this might be controversial to say but I said was terrorism because we don't need to blame the addicts now for every problem on yeah. the earth because yeah. we can blame immigrants and terrorism yeah. right and then so everybody pointed and for a long time it was we everybody pointed at the immigrants didn't they right and immigration and that was the problem and then you know get brexit done and we'll sort all of that and that didn't work and i feel like what we're doing is we're reaching a place where that large body of people that felt like they were part of that one percent and it was all the scummy people at the bottom's fault i've actually looked and thought the 1% have sort of pushed 
that 50% down into yeah. that group, yeah. even though you're working hard and yeah. it's like, hang on a minute, yeah. you might both have a job. You might both have two jobs in your household. You might own your home and all that, but you're in poverty yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it does feel like now it's them. They're going to come together and go, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. It's you. It's you lot, not us. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. And I think there's a lot of truth to it because there are a lot of people in that middle class bracket yeah. that are going to really get impacted by this. You know, when you've got uh, families, overheads, costs, you know, I mean, I, I wanted to like explore a little bit around uh, the, you know, money worries, anxiety and depression and mental health. Uh, of 2,000 people surveyed, a sort of uh, um, over 50s, yeah, 63% said they were worried about uh, their finances now versus uh, only 36 during the pandemic. So this is there's a massive shift in their fear around money. 45% of those people surveyed said that they were really worried about the, both the long and short term uh, financial situation. So this is like really now contributing not just to, to kind of can I pay the bills, but it's having like, um, a, you know, a massive effect on kind of their mental health. In another survey, um, 32% of people that were surveyed um, said that they're struggling to complete their day-to-day -day tasks. So now this fear, this worry, this anxiety is now getting into their ability to do their job. And what happens is when that starts to pervade itself, it has a knock-on effect and then that may mean you lose your job or you may not be able to get a job or, you know, and that just kind of builds into this vicious cycle. 56% of UK adults said finances are now the greatest cause of stress in their lives. 56%. Mm-hmm. 23% of people admit losing sleep as a result of their financial worries. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, they worry about other things, but this is really real. And if we're talking about the majority of people, this is a, a whole generation of um, people that are gonna be impacted by all of this stuff that's gonna go on, that's gonna carry on this mental health epidemic for another generation. And it's gonna feed its way into the next generation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we have to, that's why I'm so passionate about what I'm hearing, because something has to change. Because we have just slept walked into this global capitalist uh, society, you know, and things have to change. Yeah, yeah. That really worries me, you know, 56%. It should worry us, yeah. yeah. And do you know what? I don't even think the word, the term mental health needs to be in there. Mm. Because I don't, because I think then it changes what we're saying. We're saying like, these people are getting ill, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're, there's an illness. Yeah. But is that really the case? Yeah. Or are they living in a really, really sick society? a really, really sick environment. And the moment that we start to do that subtle shift towards mental health epidemic, towards people's mental health is struggling, right? It becomes, okay, Hass, if you're struggling with your mental health, what do we do to fix you? How do we make it better? The fucking answer is, is you take your financial worries away in the fifth richest democracy in the world, mm. right? And you stop all of that happening and your problems go away. They go away. But, if we keep along the na this narrative that it's gonna cause a mental health epidemic, it's gonna cause everybody to have long-term mental health problems, it won't if you sort the society out. 
you then it then becomes a, around pathologizing the mental health rather than fixing the cause it's, which is it's, yeah it's not a mental health problem it's a social it's health like problem farting and then saying oh you stink exactly it's yeah. a social health this isn't a mental health problem yeah. this is a social health problem take everything that we've just talked about the average family where both parents are working and they've got kids are not going to be able to afford to heat the fucking home of their kids even though they're both working long, stressful hours, is putting strain on their relationship. The dad who's always been the one who's made sure that he pays the bills ain't gonna be able to pay him. He ain't gonna be able to keep his kids warm. He ain't gonna be able to feed them. That's not a mental health epidemic. Mm. That's not a mental health epidemic. Mm. That is a social health problem. Mm. And, and we have, uh, the language is important because we have to stay, we have to say talking about the solution is not to pathologize that man in that yeah. family yeah. or that mum in that family. It's yeah. not to pathologize them. Yeah. It's to say their distress makes sense yeah. and their distress is very real and we need to take that distress away. And but 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 because what will happen is yeah. we can do the little price gap, yeah, or the price thing that to stop it all going up, do just enough to stop the riots, yeah. And then everyone starts going to their GP. Simmers saying, down again. Simmers down a bit, yeah. just enough. But yeah. the, the stress is still there. Yeah. We're still not quite sure. You know, we've managed to do this and bail you out in this little energy cap, but we don't know if they're going to go up next week. And we don't know. And it's all on the news, you know. The, you know, summer nearly killed you. Now winter's going to nearly kill you. All right. But, but the, you know, I'm oversimplifying it, but that's what happens. And then these people are going to the doctors. And then guess what happens? And I ain't against medication. I think medication has been incredible, but guess what happens? The doctor says, how long have you felt like this? They say for months. Well, that's fucking depression. Okay, what are we gonna do about it? I'm gonna give you these pills and guess who gets fucking rich off of those pills? Mm. Yeah? So so the, the very solution, yeah, completes the cycle of putting the power back into the, back into the hands of the people that are causing the social problem. And that's what worries me the most. And I've been getting a bit of kickback and a bit of stick online from people that say that I'm like, you know, going against the mental health conversation and all stuff like that. But I'm passionate. I really, I'm, well, you can probably tell. I'm very passionate about it because when I look at my own distress and the times in my life when I've been deeply, deeply depressed, I didn't need my depression medicalized. I didn't need my pain medicalized. I needed somebody to help me understand what I was experiencing. Yeah. Um, we could keep going on about yeah. this topic and I think there's more to unpack and more to uncover. Before we move on, just very quickly, can I just say as well, when that Liz Trust come in, I don't know if you saw this, Boris Johnson has gone out in a heap of shame, yeah, at what he done in that party. There is no other profession in, on the planet, right, where the CEO of that company could resign in such shame and they have a party that he's invited to, where they get the next person in who thanks him and says, did you see what she said? I, he got Brexit done, I, I, he rolled out the vaccine and, and they all cheer him. Yeah, look. It's tone deaf. Look, if, if it, of else. course it is. And, uh, and uh, you know, he's gonna, ha he's gonna have his hurrah whether she like um, supports it or not. But I don't think we should be surprised by anything that happened no. within that party. But I understand why he raised it. Um, Time for this ginger shot after that. Oh, look at that. There you go. Give me a chance. Straight in the eye. Um, we don't really have enough time to cover this, okay? Oh, but, because you just wouldn't stop talking. Sorry. Uh, no, 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 I'm just joking. Um, 
But September 10th is World Suicide Prevention Day. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to have a deeper conversation. I think I will, you know, I think we, sh we will come back yeah. into this. But um, I'm seeing a lot on social media, um, rightly so, about it, it coming up. And actually, I think it's longer in the UK. So it's like a, it's like a month of, of, you know, of yeah. trying to prevent it. And, and you see a lot of stuff around people's loss. They know somebody that's close to them. Um, and then it's like, you have to lean in. You have to reach in. And we've talked about that before. I started that. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, but, but like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Like in, in a real pragmatic sense, because yeah, it's yeah. like when you know, you suddenly start to see, oh, my friend is struggling or my brother is struggling or my sister is struggling or mm -hmm. my, you know, you, you start to see there's something going on. It's really hard to just go, because you haven't maybe haven't had a pattern of talking about it. That person yeah. isn't receptive to wanting to talk about it. They might clam up and stop talking. You don't necessarily have the right listening skills or the right um, question skills. How do you like make the first move? And then, so that's question one. And then when you hit a wall, how do you make sure that you kind of don't just go away and go, oh, well, they're, they're okay. Yeah. Question. <laughs> Look, that... In some ways, the first place my head goes to is, why do we have to leave it till someone is suicidal before we start trying to have these conversations? If you look at our friendship, right? And if I look at my friendship that I've developed with my friends, and I'm not talking from a soapbox here because I've had to work really hard to build these relationships. And we've, you know, my life pattern's gone down this route and I do this work and so I'm sort of hyper aware of it. But we're always, checking in emotionally, always, whether you seem in a good place or not, yeah? If we haven't done it for a bit, we say, mate, I'm just checking in, I'm just doing, I'm just checking in. Mm. And so I think it needs to happen way sooner rather than just when people get to crisis, but without going back off down another rant, another thing that I would say is that when you're living in the society that we're living in at the moment, a lot of people don't have the mental capacity to be there for themselves, let alone anybody else. 100%. So, yeah. so, so, so again, it does come back to that and a lot of that's in there, but... That said, there's a syndrome, I don't know the name, uh, sorry, there's a, there's a term for it, I don't know it, but I will, I will find it out for, for next time, uh, that's a promise. Um, but it's, it's easier to listen to other people's problems and solve that person's problems because you're more objective than to solve your own. Wow, yeah, okay, yeah. So actually, and that's why it's easy for me to be a coach. I can solve, other, help other people solve theirs yeah. rather than I find it easy to solve my own. Yeah, yeah, um, same. Right? Same, so, yeah. so, so there, I think that's, people, sh you should hang on to that. Like, it, because you can be more objective and because you're, you want to be in service of somebody that you care about, you can. But I really like what you just said, which is, I'm just checking in. Because yeah. actually, people might look at us and go, yeah, but we're more emotionally tuned in than a lot of blokes, right? Um, but it's just checking in. Yeah. It's just how you doing. There doesn't even need to be something like, oh, I'm worried about that person. It's just reminding yourself of the importance of just checking in. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. may be a moment where you catch somebody who needs to be held or heard. And I suppose that's kind of... And sharing, I always say, yeah, find, and we've not really got proper time to go into it because they'll come in and kick us out in a minute, but there's always common ground with somebody when they're struggling. There is always common ground there somewhere, you know? If you know somebody that's potentially suicidal and feels like they want to end it all, right? You might think I've never felt suicidal, but you've probably felt like you've wanted to run away 
from everybody yeah. onto a desert island with a spork or whatever you call it, right? <laughs> but but you've probably thought like that. Mm. And so there is a level of connection there, mm. right? And so you can start to bridge that gap with that person mm. and let, you know, you create that space by doing that, by bringing your own vulnerability, yeah. by bringing your own curiosity and your own compassion. And we got to, we have to, and by the way, it, we've gone full circle here because you started off talking about that community and people coming back together. And, and this used to happen all the time because community was everywhere. It was everywhere that we went. You know, you checking it, you knew the butcher. We live in a world now that makes you think that the butcher might murder your kids, right? Do you know what I mean? I, I'm oversimplifying yeah, it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. we've made this really scary world that, yeah. that that's not really yeah. true. Yeah. And so we need more ways to, to build community, you know? I think, that's, I think that's a really, really powerful point. And just kind of one thing to add is, you know, for, for anyone that's listening that this might resonate with, you know, they may be thinking about a person that they haven't checked in on uh, for a while, somebody that they want to go do it. Yeah. Don't wait. Yeah, yeah. Don't wait until the perfect moment, just go do it. And then the other thing I would say is something that um, we always, um, Chris says actually, um, our friend, uh, he says, uh, seek first to understand, then be heard. Yeah. So as a friend, sometimes we want to go in and we want to give advice. You yeah, know yeah. what you should do there? You know what yeah, you, know, you yeah, should do yeah. this, you should do that. Actually just seek to first to understand, then be heard. Yeah, it's so true. And look, I would just quickly as a, cause we are probably gonna have to wrap up anyway, but um, the voice note as well. Mm. If somebody's in a really, really dark place, don't get them one-on-one -on -one and sit them down and interrogate them. Just leave it. Cause they're gonna clam up, yeah. yeah? So maybe like a good starting place is to drop that voice note. Has, mate, I've noticed a couple of things, right? I might be looking too much into it, but I just want you to know that I'm here, yeah? And I'd hate to know that you were struggling on your own. And if you ever want to drop me a voice note or ever pick up, then you let me know. And you can even say, I won't mention this again. You know, next time you see me, I'm not going to be like, did you get my voice note? I'm just letting you know that it's here, yeah? And I might check in again in a week or two in a similar way in a voice note. Right, but I'm not ever going to put you on the spot or anything like that because you might scare people away because they think, "Fuck, I don't want to. I'm not. I don't want to go and see him now because he's going to." I love that. About that voice. I love that. You know? It's so un. Uh, it's not intrusive. Yeah. Right, and I love that. So listen, we are out of time. I've really enjoyed today's conversation. Me you know, too, man. Um, do you know I'm going to make a call? I'm going to say let's leave reasons to be. I was going to say, man. Um, I was going to. Yeah, I'm with you. 100%. I think I think we've kind of covered it, and I think community is is probably the point to end on. So. Yeah. Uh, Good man. Enjoyed that today. Cheers. Man. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Khan. <laughs>